You know, I can't tell you how much I was looking forward to this reunion. Chance of re-meeting old friends. There was one chap we tried to get hold of. Uh, what was his name? Used to be your scientific advisor. Oh, the doctor. Yes, that's right. Wonderful chap. All of them. Dirty Hooers. Cross-Atlantic nitpicking about Doctor Who. From four grown adults who should probably know better. From four grown adults who should probably be working. We're not afraid to say it like it is. All the word bollocks. www.dirtyhooers.com Follow us on Twitter at Dirty Hooers. If you like that kind of thing. Also on Facebook. Deal with it. Geronimo! Fantastic. LRC. Cock. With your hosts. Number one assistant. Terry Lightfoot. Oolong Stutters. Sputnik. Resident Pixie. Fuchsia Begonia. Lord President. Sam. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. You'll excuse me if I'm a little bit croaky today, but we are here to review the five doctors. Five doctors, what can you say? All the way back in 1983, produced by John Nathan-Turner, written by the one and only Terence Dix, the man who gave us more Doctor Who than probably anybody else ever. Probably. Mm-hmm. Technically also written by Douglas Adams and technically also written by Terry Nation, but we'll get into that, I'm sure. Big Tom couldn't make it because he was being mad as a bag of cats at the time and decided <laughs> not to appear. This is yeah. Peter Davidson's era. It has a lot of the trademarks of the Peter Davidson era. They replaced William Hartnell with Richard Herndl, who was actually a personal friend of William Hartnell's, would you believe? Paddy Troughton was in it. John Pertwee was in it. Uh-huh. And technically Tom Baker was in it, but they used clips of Sharda. This was kind of a, an anniversary special and it's got pretty much everybody in it and their dog it's got Tegan in it Taylor in it Brig in it Susan in it Sarah Jane in it it's got the master in it it's got oh god it's got Cybermen Jamie Jamie. Zoe Zoe Liz Liz yeah. Canine. Ricky. It's got monsters like yetis and just about anything you can think of. Not sometimes, but never mind. Mm-hmm. And of course, the Raston Robot, which is one of my favourite yeah. movies. Raston oh, Robot's cool. Raston Robot's rule. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I, I, I really must apologise. I've got chicken pox at the moment. I am one giant walking scab, and the inside of my throat <laughs> actually has boils in it, so it's a little oh, difficult God. to podcast right now. But I'm here for the fans. No, I really don't give a shit. I'm just so fucking bored and <laughs> grateful to be talking to somebody because I'm house ridden. The only thing I'm going to see is like children that people bring over for me to spit in their Ibina so they get get whatever vileness. Doesn't Great Britain distribute the chickenpox vaccination? No, because we're really fucking cheap and we've got a national health system. Oh, well, we have it, but nobody can afford it. Oh, same thing then, really, yeah. (laughs) Chickenpox You're covered in the itchy chickenpox Chickenpox You're absolutely smothered in the itchy chicken pox. 
Anyway, I tend to find this episode, or other people talk about this episode, kind of like Marmite. And the advertising for Marmite in England is, you either really like it, or you really hate it. I often find there's no middle ground with Doctor Who fans with Five Doctors Future. Let's get some ratings out of the way. Could you describe the rating system? Because my throat's fucked. Well, at the bottom of the barrel, we have the free BJ, you know, for when you really want somebody on your knees in front of you. My penis isn't on my knees. Oh, on their knees. On their knees. Okay. Is it <laughs> praying mantises that have penises on their knees? Or is that ears? Mm-hmm. Oh, Sorry, it's I'm on a lot of drugs. probably best not to think about that. <laughs> Moving on. Then we have the $5 hoe, marginally better, but not greatly so. You know, you'd need a good scrub down afterwards. Uh, then we have the $10 hoo definitely moving up market now. Then I like the way she pauses after each one as though she's expecting us to drop in a soundbite. <laughs> oh, like, well, hey, yeah, I'm $10 <laughs> We certainly could, couldn't we? We could find an assistant soundbite that represents each one Ooh. and just sort of drop it in there. That's not bad. <laughs> in fact, we could do that on the blog with image. Oh, sorry. Turlo. 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 $5, Jerry. <laughs> I feel so calm and relaxed. <laughs> So, like, Mel would be uh, your free Oh, BJ. Mel would be free BJ. <laughs> right. Are you sure this is the right way? Okay. Oh, uh, Edric would be free BJ. You're being very silly, and anyway, you can't even work it. Oh, I don't want him anywhere near me. them on their knees in front no, of you. No, no, I don't want them. To, well, Mel uh, it's not is there. passable, but Edric... <laughs> God. Good luck at this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So where were we? Oh, yes, the $20 the one We were discussing jigglers and whores, of course. Carry on. <laughs> And then at the top, the creme de la creme would be the $50 hua, who is perfect in every respect. So Joe Grant then. Sarah Jane. For the modern audience, Amy Pond. I don't know why, but... Well. Yeah. Blimey. I know. For the modern audience, they like a bit of pornification. Have you ever read the pornification of Amy Pond? You should read it. It's quite quite an interesting article. Come on, if Karen Gillum took her shirt off, she wouldn't even get arrested. I mean, give me a break. (laughs) Yeah, fair point. (laughs) I like more of a sense of value. (laughs) (laughs) Something to hold on to. Anything to hold on to. Rather not fuck a coat hanger. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so we give our ratings then. Should we start with Lord President Send Mondo? Ten dollars. Light feet. Is that like the middle of the road rating? I, I think I'll go for that. <laughs> uh, okay. The fact that we've just gone through the ratings and she still can't remember what the middle <laughs> oh, one is. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Ms. Get over it. I would give this one a 20, but a flat 20. I think you're all decidedly cheap. But once again, my rating system is based on all the other episodes of That Doctor. And technically, this is Peter Davidson's era. You are looking at the pinnacle of Peter Davidson's era here. <laughs> Everything else is pretty much pretty shit. There's, oh there's about two episodes as good as... The, it's not unfair at all. The guy dresses in fucking beige. That just sums him up. Ten, uh, I'm going to go 50. Fuck it, I'm going to go 50. Flat 50, nothing extravagant. But 50. I think your personal rating logic is seriously flawed. I'm on a lot of drugs right now. <laughs> what are you guys drinking? Well, the prof was going to ply me with gin, but I've got a whole load of editing I have to do after you lot bugger off. I can't. I've got to be sober. I'm on the water. I'm sick and therefore I'm drinking Vimto. Not Ribena, because that's for Southerners. Vimto, <laughs> proper stuff. What is Vimto? It's like Ribena, only it's made from the leaves instead of the berries. One of these days you're going to check what you're drinking and try a Vimto. Is it a cola? Oh, no. Is it just a fruit drink? No. <laughs> it's a secret. And our cordial gives you 22 drinks to discover it. But by then, it's too late. Because <laughs> we've got you. We got you. We got you. Vimto's going to get you in the end. So check what you're drinking. Because Vimto's going to get you in the end. Do you know what Ribena is? No. You've never lived. Black okay. current cordial. Oh, it's a bit more complicated oh. than that. 
okay. It's like the difference between... Vimto's blackcurrant cordial. Vimto's more complicated than that. It's like the difference between Marmite and Vegemite. Can you hear someone swinging from the rafters over Skype? Moving on. (laughs) Okay, well, I'll say why I'm going to give it a 50, shall I? Because it's just bloody lovely. Yes, all right, it's got a couple of holes in it. There's a lot of tripping over, which, you know, (laughs) frankly, is a bit lame. But for me, this is what it is. It's a nostalgia piece. Considering the guy's limitations, Tom Baker turns around and goes, no, I don't want to be in it because cheese is marvellous and I want to stay home and play with my cheese and no sharp objects. It's called Five Doctors. There's only fucking four in it, really. So he's got a chunk of shards to work with. Then he's got a crowbar, all these, like, assistants and weird people. Oh, my God, and I've got to attribute to all these monsters. And, well, we've got to make it a big Time Lordy thing, haven't we? We better do Gallifrey because it's all Time Lord. The criteria that he had to write to, in all honesty, I think only Terence Dix could write that. And also, it's directed by Peter Moffat. Some hits, some misses. But he did Mordred Undead and things like that. But he also did Two Doctors, which we reviewed fairly recently, which I quite like for similar sorts of reasons. It's just got everything. And it is, in my opinion, the episode that has the best quotable one-liners in it. Oh, fuck yeah. It's insane. It's almost <laughs> impossible to pick one. And to be honest, I could just stand here and ream off ten now, but I'm not going to. I'll save it for the end. And all about time, it's shot on the moors in the middle of nowhere. It's so British. It's so Doctor Who. Yeah. John Pertwee hasn't aged day. He turns up, he's got Bessie as well. And he's driving yeah. around on a different planet. In Bessie. I know, on Bessie, on Gallifrey. But that's Bessie. not the first time Bessie's travelled. No, 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 of course not. <laughs> and that was too was technically Time Lord related. She's been to another dimension, yeah. for God's sake. Well, that was the three doctors, right? Take yes, Bessie it was. Just in general, I love all the stuff about the secret room of the president, and you play the harp, and oh yeah, and it's all behind him there, and I love seeing Rassilon. To me, Rassilon isn't Timothy Dalton. And Rassilon's the guy with the beard. <laughs> disembodied floating head at the end. That's Rassilon. Oh, you mean the Wizard of Oz? Yeah, 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 totally. Mm-hmm. Totally he is the Wizard of Oz. Absolutely. The metaphor's perfect. And you know, I love the above and below and through the main door and all that sort of stuff. And it really suits them. It suits the characters that they go in those entrances and do it that way. And I think Herndl is fantastic because he doesn't try to do some crazy impersonation of William Hartnell. Even though he knew William Hartnell, the only real William Hartnell thing he does is he goes, oh, did a couple of times and he puts his thumbs in his lapels but uh, mm-hmm. he's himself and there's been enough of a gap that he can be himself because mm-hmm. back then I'd never seen any William Hartnell no. when this came on telly as a kid there was no way to see William Hartnell unless you like dad worked for the BBC right. get his hands on tapes or something daft like that so to me Herndl was, was Hartnell he was the first Doctor he was perfect because mm-hmm. he looked like him he looked like the same guy in Doctor Who Weekly and he behaved like the same guy from the Target book so perfect to me this is just lovely and rounded off yeah it's got its holes and it's got its failings sure and most of that's tripping over. But you do need some way to swap assistance and get people back to the TARDIS. And you needed a sense of jeopardy here and there. Yeah, it wasn't very well executed, but so what? It was Peter Davidson's era. This <laughs> shaft compared to them. Well, <laughs> that's the Peter Davidson's era for me. And what have you got? Wow. Fury from the Deep. Jesus. Oh, God. Just on a bike. Really? It's got oh, a that was pretty idiot, bad. Obviously, which is always nice. He's a bit underused, to be honest. He doesn't get much manacle laughter and shit like that, but still great. It's got everybody there. The bit where Caroline John screams is oh, that's horrible. haunting bits of Doctor yeah. Who I remember as a kid. And it still kind of shocks me a bit. Wow, yeah, phantoms. And it's just carried by her performance. I've got to say as well, Caroline John died fairly recently. At the time we're recording this, only just a 
couple of weeks ago. Age 71, because she was in this episode, so I dedicate this this podcast to her. She was pretty awesome. She did some cracking performances and led the way for Joe Grant and a lot of other a lot of yeah. other cool, competent, and quite women's rights assistants. Yeah. Well, she was actually more intelligent or educated than any of the other assistants that came after her as well. I mean, she was a scientist. I yeah. love Joe, but I would really like to have seen her stay on with the rest of that unit crew intact. Yeah. Delighted, Miss Shaw. Delighted. What are you a doctor of, by the way? Practically everything, my dear. You really have to call you Miss Shaw. No, Liz, just Liz. Liz, that's much better. Here's the thing. I have always loved this, but I hadn't watched it for a few years, so I watched it again for the, like the millionth time. And, well, you know, last time I watched it, I was pretty young. I was very satisfied with simply having all these great doctors all together. It was really fun. But this time, I noticed much more of the plot. And to be realistic, it's pretty boring in parts, and I found myself speeding through bits of it. Sarah Jane falls down a gradual slope and then can't seem to climb back up and needs the the third doctor to like throw a rope to her so she can pull her back up with the car. Now, granted, she does seem to be wearing pregnancy clothes, so No, that's just 80s fashions in Britain. It it was nothing to do with maternity (laughs) clothing. Maybe she's expecting it. She just can't make it up this slope, you know? I don't no. And then Susan, the doctor's granddaughter, trips and hurts her ankle, and you're just, oh, come on. Well, it was about on the par with the performances she did as Susan originally. <laughs> yeah. That's true. It's very consistent with Susan. But you think, hey, it's been all these years later. Why are they making her do that again? Oh, my God. You'd think something would have progressed. Well, let's no. it, that's basically all her character ever did anyway. So. Oh. <laughs> Fall on, over and whinge a bit. I thought she got some good stuff there because there were times when Davidson looked at her and he just looked at oh, her as though yeah. Yeah. he never thought he'd see her again. Yeah. yeah. I thought that so was really nice. And little lines like, well, can you fly the TARDIS? Well, actually, yeah. <laughs> I wish I had made more of those moments. I don't know. It was just all too quick. And then quick for what? To get into the lame running around to nothing. The Raston robot rules. Those oh, are joking. Great. Oh, I love the Raston robot. Someone's got to do an adventure with Raston robot. It'd be nice to see it modernized. They would, they would crap. check out. No, it's but it's awesome. The principle behind that thing is genius. <laughs> yeah, and it's such a good monster. And all it is is a guy in a spandex suit. And But it's such a good yeah, monster. It is. It is, it is. And he's super fast and everything. He looks like something from Vision On. So, w- would you want something wrapped in bubble wrap instead, maybe? He has no eyes, no ears. It's just like a pure machine. I it's love that. Brilliant. It's so fun to see all those guys together. And I especially thought Troughton and Pertwee got awesome lines in this. Especially Troughton. He just got away with murder in this. <laughs> so fun. So He fun. always does in the reunion episodes. <laughs> My three favorite Troughton episodes. Episodes are the two doctors, the five doctors, and the three doctors. <laughs> yeah, he's so yeah, good at the two doctors. Yeah. This is the poster child for me for blown opportunities. It really was. I think they did a great job of bringing the characters together. Yeah, it was contrived, but being contrived was part of the plot. Someone was literally trying to bring everyone together. Okay, you know the plot.
plot's going to be weak when you have a reunion episode with a cast of how many divas that all should get equal screen time and all yeah. of that. I'm okay with all of those things. That's fine. Reunion shows in any series have to deal with that, and I think Terrence Sticks did a fabulous job with that juggling act. This could have been something extremely profound in Doctor Who lore, yeah. and it, it, it was is- just a good reunion episode. We learned a few cool things about Rassilon, and we learned yeah. a Time Lord nursery rhyme. Congratulations. <laughs> I mean, really? That's about it. it. It did put a nice cap on Barusa's character. That was cool. Yeah. But that's not necessarily Sad, a reunion though. thing. They blew a huge opportunity with Susan's character. First of all, they opened the episode by the doctor saying, one day I'll be back. And he wasn't. They were both kidnapped. Okay? He never went back for her. And if he really yeah. is counting that as fulfilling his promise, he's a git. Because <laughs> he didn't go back. They totally, deliberately, and blatantly skirted around the who is Susan issue, which mm-hmm. this was a golden opportunity to deal with. That the, are we on Scarrow? Really? Yeah. No. You're not, you idiot. The whole way they handle Susan yeah, just pisses there. me Here's an episode where they're supposedly revealing a lot of Time Lord history and Time Lord lore and mythology, and they don't even touch on the Susan issue. What a blown opportunity. That's something that... There isn't time to touch on the Susan issue, mate. And everything you've spoken about is homages because of the, the nature of the episode. Yeah. One gets Cybermen, one gets Yetis. They got a Dalek. They got a Dalek. They have to put a few lines in there about it. The wall blows out, and Susan looks out and goes... That's the death tower. You told me about that before we left. Boom. Mm-hmm. There. Just change the lines a little bit. I mean, he didn't even um, really she to say that. Yeah, exactly. If it's such a thing that they're told nursery rhymes about it, she should have recognized it immediately. It's mm-hmm. like they deliberately skirted around the issue. That bugged me. It really took away from it for me. I don't know. It, it just seemed like they bring all of these people together, and the profoundness of the story didn't deliver to me. And I think the puzzles were cool, but I think they spent way too much time on some of that stuff. I think there was a lot of buildup, and then there wasn't enough meat delivered with the climax of the plot. Do you not think the ending was a classic legend, though? It's almost classic Greek mythology. You look for immortality, you get turned to stone. I love the ending. I like the way the story wrapped up, but in the other multi-doctor stories, in the three doctors and the two doctors, it almost seemed like they made an effort to utilize that as an opportunity to explain some things, which is what a good reunion show does. It should be accessible to anyone, but it should also throw in a few things for the diehard fans for them to look back and go, okay, they did that in Star Trek from time to time, where they would do an episode like Trials and Tribulations in Deep Space Nine, where they went back. <laughs> they, they use that as an opportunity opportunity to throw some retcon stuff at the diehard fans who know every episode and the normal everyday fan just never noticed that stuff and they gave us some of that with the two doctors and the three doctors and the show had only been on for 10 years at that point and they didn't give a shit in the five doctors they gave a lot of one-line quotable moments and they gave a lot of opportunities to resell old action figures but i don't know that they really gave us a lot in the doctor who mythos that a story like that 
they did give evidence to back up your theory of the second Doctor working as a time agent because he goes on about knowing that Zoe and Jamie were sent back to their own worlds with having their minds wiped. Well, he wouldn't have known that because he was John Pertwee by that point in time. Yeah. It didn't deliver enough for me. It tried to be big. And it's ironic that Ulan says that he grades against the other episodes of the Peter Davison era because a lot of the Peter Davison episodes didn't try to be so big. And I think during that era, when they tried to deal with smaller stuff, they did excellent stories. Hmm. And I don't think that era did big well. I think The Deadly Assassin is an example of a Gallifrey story done right. Oh, yeah. This oh. one just isn't. This one had so much to get into it, though. I think, considering the sum of its parts, which were, as you rightly say, a bunch of divas all in the same place, it's very hard to work with that kind of pressure. Very when hard. you look at it, there were really only three doctors in it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the Three Doctors is a fantastic Doctor Who episode and a straight-up 50 for me any day of the week, with very few flaws as far as I'm concerned. And really, were they dealing with a much smaller cast in that one? I mean, granted, they didn't have as many cameos, but when you look at the core plot... Hold on. The Three Doctors is really a two-doctor story, if you think about it. Uh, Because the one guy's up on the TV set back in the time. Yeah. Look at how important they made him in those few lines. Mm. They did such a great job. I mean, I gave it the 20 because it was fun. It was enjoyable. It was lovely to see Patrick Troughton back on screen. Herndl did do a very good job as Hartnell. As everyone said, it's not that he's doing an impersonation of Hartnell. He's sort of channeling the essence of the First Doctor, Mm. which is great. Pertwee was fine in it. He was Pertwee in it. That's about all you can say. It did really... He's he's not my favourite Doctor. Patrick Troughton is still up there above him as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you're now for being mad as a bag of cats. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's, it's wonderful to have the Brigadier and the Second Doctor in together because they just work so beautifully beautifully together as a major league sarah jane fan yeah it's great to have her there it's such a shame that tom baker didn't want to do it you can understand why beside the fact he was madder than several bags of ferrets at the time it's just a bit of daft fun it shows you what an absolute git rassilon is was or yeah. must have yeah. been the fact that yeah. they've they've stuck him their alleged biggest hero in the middle of this incredibly deadly thing <laughs> Are they afraid of people getting to him or of him getting out? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I wonder. If it's such a horrible, terrible place, why is it still there? <laughs> Have they not got rid of it? The Time Lords are supposedly the most advanced technological race ever, and this place is on Gallifrey, right? Did no one ever notice it from a satellite or anything? Hey, what's that? What's that big place there with that tower? And there's a bunch of dead shit in there. What bodies? Huh? Really? Like a hundred million years of supreme technological power go by, and no one ever noticed? Yeah, it's a bit daft. When we were watching it, the prof was sitting there going, "We've been there." I went, "No, I think you'll find we've never been to the death." zone on Gallifrey darling it's like no 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 where they're filming it we've been there and it turns out that I mean Port Merion's already made an appearance in it the place where they film a lot of five doctors is actually Clough Ellis Williams other place up the road Place Brondanu and it's in his gardens and that little folly that Turlow's sitting outside drawing we actually climbed up that last year the biggest problem with it really is there's an awful lot of buggering about unnecessarily once they get into the tower and just before they get to the tower as well the bit with the chessboard just makes no sense whatsoever no it, it doesn't. really doesn't <laughs> 
if I walk across it this way, everybody dies. If I walk across it in exactly the same way, nobody dies. It, it's <laughs> very, very stupid. And why didn't they just walk around the outside edge of it? Yeah. No, it didn't go no. all the way to the walls. I know. Shit, these guys are time lords. <laughs> oh, look, there's a big border all the way around the edge. Let's not go around there then. I did really enjoy it for all its faults, just because you did get to see them all together again. It is by far not the worst of Davison's era. <laughs> He's actually pretty likable in this. And I do like Davison's doctor. <sighs> you always have to feel slightly sorry for him in a lot of ways. He seems to spend an awful lot of time falling over unconscious. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, anyone who meets him probably wants to just beat him around the face. That's why. <laughs> Oh, that's cruel. And I love the way that Tegan's all sort of spiky and horrible towards the master because she's been subjected to his evil, nefarious plans before. Yeah, and I love the way she backs down as soon as she meets Herndal as well. Yeah. She meets the first dog. He's like, I I can think I'm putting up with you, Aussie bird. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) And she just, yeah, all right, I'll go make a cup of tea then. Get me some drinks. That is funny, actually, when he turns around and goes, basically, you toddle along and make me a cup of tea. <laughs> That's just classic. It's classic of his era. But, I just love you know. the fact they're having a bizarre cheese and pineapple cocktail party in the TARDIS console. I know, console. I know did you notice? It's really <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Because that's what the TARDIS spews out, you know, when you ask it for a cup of tea. Yeah. We also ended up listening to the commentary. We watched the extended edition with some of the updated special effects. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) And then we went back and sort of checked on what had been added to it and and listened to the commentary. And it was quite sweet in a lot of ways, but it was also sad because, of course, it was Nick Courtney and Liz Sladen on it very interesting to listen to their experiences. I mean, a lot of the commentaries on these things are actually better than the episodes, to be quite honest. Yeah. Flawed, seriously, seriously flawed, but fun, which is why I gave it 20. Okay, great. So, anybody got any quotes? There's a million. Everyone else go first, because i got so many I can just pick up afterwards. I'm certainly not the man I was, thank goodness. Uh, like Alice, I tried to believe three impossible things before breakfast. Not allowed. I'm allowed everywhere. Uh, I think I'd have to go for You've had this room redecorated, haven't you? I don't like it. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Which he says every time. Every time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Smashing chap. All of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's so many good ones. I like the Brigadier and Troughton together. They're so funny. Oh, mm-hmm. goodbye, fancy pants. Scarecrow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you're deliberately choosing to go on the run from your own people in a rackety old TARDIS? And he just turns around and says, why not? After all, that's how it all started. Yeah, yeah that was a Good great one. one. I love that ending. Oh, and I'm sorry, but the closing theme music is fucking cool. <laughs> Starts out with Hartnell and then right at the bridge goes into the Davison music. I love that. I never noticed that. I didn't stick around for the end <laughs> for the credits, <laughs> to be honest. Losers. Uncultured. Oh. Okay, so thank you to everybody on the Facebook page. Uh, lots of new people there. Gav Dawson, Margaret Emery, Osric Bloodhammer, Chris Buchanan, Silver Silver Shot, Elizabeth Weir, Chris Collins, too many to mention. We're chatting over there daily at the moment, so please head over there if you get the chance. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been the Dirty Hoers. Hope you are too. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. You've been listening to the Dirty Hoers Doctor Who podcast. Follow us on iTunes or at DirtyHoers.com. Find us on Twitter at Dirty Hoers. Oh, yeah, we're also on Facebook. See you next time.
Okay, I'm just going to sit here and talk to myself and eat jelly dots. Okay, there you go. Mm, jelly 